good morning, everyone. It is awesome to be with you. Uh, thanks, Tyler, for leading us. Thanks, Loray, for getting things going. Wow, I tell you, uh, you never know what is going to happen. But uh, I'm glad. I'm glad we're here. Uh, we are committed to being live with you. We feel like this is just a really important thing to do to try to draw us together, all of us that can be here at one time, so that we know we're connected at least digitally, if if nothing else. And a couple of things I wanted to mention before I get started is uh, there is a sermon fun sheet, and you can download that from the website. Just go and click it, and it's just going to be incredibly fun for you to uh, do that. You can doodle even on the side, so uh, grab that. It'll help you stay connected to this message. And then uh, if you want to give, there is a link on our page. It's real simple. It takes you to our secure giving site, so uh, worship through giving is an important thing, and I know everything's kind of discombobulated right now, but if, if you want to do that, you can do that from a website as well. And uh, just want to emphasize also with our food bank, uh, we need just a few more volunteers to fill out the schedule. We needed more than we thought after our first Thursday. So uh, I think we need a couple more people a week. So take a look at that. If you're interested in helping, it's all set up securely for uh, you know social distancing and everything. So uh, we'd love to have you partake in serving the community if you are able to do that. All right, so let's get into the message. Uh, you know, all of this, this social distancing, avoiding germs and stuff has me thinking about my friends who already didn't like to touch stuff. Uh, I think of uh, Renee Schmidt. She's our children's director. She is uh, very paranoid of germs. And Renee, if you're watching this, I, I apologize for calling you out. But I just can't imagine what it's like for you right now. Uh, the, the, the fear of um, touching something now, I just am so aware of personally. It reminded me of a time when my daughter Sarah and I went out on a little daddy-daughter date. She was probably seven or eight years old, and we went to Wendy's. We were the only people in the Wendy's one evening. And I was facing uh, towards the counter, and you, you can imagine this, because I know every one of you has been in Wendy's. And this woman comes in with her, her daughter. Daughter's maybe three or four years old. And the, the mom goes to the counter. Nobody else in there. She just goes right to the guy to order. And the little girl goes bouncing, just bebopping across the front. And I'm watching her. And she's going over to where the napkins and all the plastic wear and, and other things are. And you know, at Wendy's, they have that uh, pumper thing that you get your ketchup with. She goes right up to it, and she reaches up, grabs hold of the, the rail, the edge of that uh, um, the, the tabletop, leans up, reaches up with her finger, and puts her finger on that the bottom of that pump. It goes, uh, and then, uh, and she does it like four times. It's like, oh, my gosh, I'm glad we didn't come 15 minutes later or to miss that. I know I may have wrecked Wendy's for some of you now, at least the uh, condiment dis, uh, dispenser, but... Uh, Certainly things we think about now even more than we did in the past. Claire, I, I do want to mention that uh, at Wendy's, in case you get a chance to go and order something, order a Frosty and French fries and dip your French fries in the Frosty. It's like a way to lift yourself up in these times. We are forced to reimagine what the church is going to look like in these days since we are not meeting, since I'm not looking out at 200 people or 300 people. It's, it, it's a totally different world that we're in. We still know that we want to have community. We want to grow together. We want to give. We want to worship. We want to serve. But things look different now. 
And I'm thankful to my former boss, Bill Brewer. Uh, Bill said from the first days that I started working for him back in the 90s, he said something that has uh, been really important for me now. He said, form follows function. When we're talking about the church, the form of the church follows the function of the church. So the form is how we do it. It's like the programs, the staff, the place, the building, the systems, everything that makes up what we see as the church and how it operates in our little communities around the world. All of the forms of the church are derived from the function of the church. The function of the church comes first, and all those forms, what kind of worship we have, who's on our staff, how we do our liturgy on a Sunday morning, all of those things come from the function of the church. The form doesn't supersede the function of the church. Forms have to adapt in the culture and in the society, but the function never changes. I'm glad that Tyler did that song, that we rest on solid ground, not on sinking sand. Because what we are doing is we are looking to the truth of the word to help us understand what the function of the church is and then how that plays out. In fact, we continue to go through this series in 1 Corinthians. We're on chapter 12 entirely today, almost. And I would encourage you to read that on your own. Take a look at at the whole chapter 12. Paul is going to take us there to teach us about the function of the church. He's going to teach us about the function of the church as the body of Christ and how that body works together. Individual believers designed to be unified in Christ. So here's the main point. Here's the main thing I want you to hear today. The church or the body of believers, every single believer that is a part of the church as a whole, and especially we're talking to the church, the believers of Obi Joyful Church today, are specially designed to be active and unified in Christ. We are designed to be active and unified in Christ. And if you happen to be someone who has not crossed the line of faith, uh, Jesus has not become your Savior. You have not placed your faith in him. You do not know him as Savior yet. Well, this is a great chance for you to sort of look over the fence and see what it is that you might be getting involved with in terms of community if you decide that you will follow him. I've got three points that I want to take you to as we consider being active and unified in Christ. First is that the church has unity in the Son, unity in Christ. Second, the church has diversity in the Spirit. And third, its efficacy is in people. So, unity in the Son, diversity in the Spirit, and efficacy in people. So, let's start with that first one, unity in the Son. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to kick us off. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. Paul has two major metaphors that he uses to describe the church. One is the human body, the parts working together for the whole. And another is the building. A, a building, a living building. And he compares the followers of Jesus to living stones built on top of the cornerstone that Jesus is himself. Look at 1 Peter 2, 5 with me. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. We want to let these metaphors guide us as we think about what the church is, as we think about the function of the church as the body or the building that is Christ. 
It doesn't compare us to a tree or a tent or some kind of vehicle or a mountain or the sea or any other created thing, but to a living body, to a building. Both are made up of diverse parts, may have different functions, but they all work together as unified one. So one of the things that I find so profound in the scripture in the New Testament when the church is getting started is that after the resurrection, the disciples were like, Jesus, what are we going to do now? Lead us and take us into the next phase of your incredible leadership in the world, right? And we would all think that that would be the next logical thing if we were them. And Jesus says, well, no, I'm actually going to leave. Can you imagine what they felt? How are we going to start? What are we going to do now without our leader? Look at John 16, 7. This is when he's telling give them this news for the first time. I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I did not go away, the helper will, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now I'm going to tell you, this is not how I would have done it. If they had asked me to be on the whiteboarding committee to decide how the church was going to get started, it seems like the best way to get people to follow Jesus would be to have him around, not to hand this off to his disciples. But God has a different and to me a much more risky plan. You see, Christ's physical body was raised, but his new body would be us. His new body is the church, the individual Christians in the church. We are the body of Christ. I mean, think about what that means. Just try to zoom out theologically. He was raised in a truly physical body, in a spiritual body, and that body was taken up into heaven when he released the next phase of the plan of God for interacting with man. That is the church age that we're in now. And we are his body, the church. It's not a structure. It's not programs. It's not anything else. What it is, is you and me. What an incredible responsibility, but what a joy. Again, I would not have done it that way. But this is God's plan from the beginning. There is unity in Christ, and we are all different parts in that body. But we have to understand that unity comes through Jesus. So there's unity in the Son. Second, the church has diversity in the Spirit. So think about this with me. The Spirit unites those who have been separated. All right, now let me show you that. The Spirit unites those who have been separated. It's going to bring diversity together. In 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. For in one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one Spirit. So the Spirit brings enemies together. He brings cultures together. He erases racial lines. He erases socioeconomic class. He doesn't change the past, but he redeems the past as he brings people together. So what the Spirit does is he brings more diversity through bringing diverse people together in one body and uniting them. But he also brings more diversity through gifting. So not, it wasn't enough just to bring the Jews and the Greeks and slaves and free and all other kinds of people together. He had to bring in diverse gifts. So let me uh, share this with you. 
This is from 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. We're scooting back in the passage just a little bit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. It's a really cool little exposition about the Trinity as well, if you're looking for that. But look at verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. There are gifts that the Spirit gives when we become a believer. And some are teachers, some are leaders, some are servants, some are prayers. There's, there's more. The list goes on. But in the Corinthian church, these different gifts that had come upon them were causing divisions. They were doing that thing that people do. They were saying, okay, well, this person has this gift, so they must be higher. And this person has this gift, so that's not as important. And they were arguing over these things, and there was dissension in the church. As you know, Paul was trying to iron that stuff out and help them understand. You know, we don't, uh, in, at least in Obi Joyful Church, uh, I love it, this place, because it is such a... Uh, a respectful place. We don't raise some gifts up and some people up over others. And I, I, I love that about our church. It's part of what makes it a welcoming place. But I think there is still a sense in our minds, and we do this, where we say, well, that person does this, and, and I don't have that, and so I, I'm not good enough for this. We, we sort of box ourselves in and say, well, the, the thing that God's brought for me to do in the church is, is not as significant. Paul spends... Most of this passage, and you heard it read for quite a bit, uh, for quite a long time this morning when John was reading to us, he, he says, in, all the way through verse 14 to 25, he, he says there's parts of the body, and one without the other just doesn't work right. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And if the whole body was an ear, where would be the sight? If the whole body was an eye, where would be the hearing? And so forth. He's, he's trying to describe that there is... Uh, no part of the body that is less important than another one, no gift that is more important in the body than another one is. And I, I think Paul, is, he's definitely a dude, and he, he gets this because he, uh, he, he puts some humor in there. He says, uh, he, he knows that there's going to be people who are going to say, well, what about those parts of the body that are unmentionable that we're not going to talk about? And uh, he says, even the parts that are covered up that we don't want to talk about, those parts are just as important. In fact, God would lift those up higher than the ones that we think are most important. And that's such a cool part of the way the church was designed. And, and to, just to be uh, honest with you, transparent for a moment about that, I think a lot of what's broken in the church is the same thing that was broken in the early church. We elevate certain gifts, and so some people are seen as not as important. And so when someone is not as important, they don't get... Uh, loved on, they don't get attention, they don't get welcomed the same as others. And so the, there's some, things get out of balance. And so, oh, be joyful. I mean, uh, let's, uh, let's not go down that road. I mean, the least is lifted up. Read the passage, you'll see it. Uh, Claire's been working on this super hard puzzle. And so it's been going on, I think, for two weeks. It's out on the dining room table, and there's these, I, I brought the box. Here's the box. It's this bear with uh, butterflies, or bears with butterflies all around. Am I, am I getting this in the picture? And uh, she's been working on it. So basically she puts about one piece in a day. I mean, it's just taking her forever. But she, I know, will stay persistent 
Um, Claire, I want to, uh, if you're watching this um, and you're sitting at the table, I, I pulled a few pieces out of your puzzle that you'd put together. It's these four um, right here. Let's see. Uh, yeah, the, it's one of the, it's up towards the top. There's part of a straight edge here. There's just four and they all, they all fit together uh, like that. Yeah. Now some of you, including Claire, are freaking out because these pieces are missing from the puzzle. And Claire, I promise that I'll bring you these pieces. This is a thousand piece puzzle and this is four pieces that go together. And all of you know that if only one of these pieces was missing, we would chunk that puzzle, right? Now, I took four, so it's pretty much a completely worthless puzzle, and it's part of the edge as well, right? Now, if it's true that these four little puzzle pieces, if they're missing, ruin the whole puzzle, how much more so if a puzzle piece in the church is missing? It doesn't mean the church is worthless, but what we need to do is value each piece. Just like I'm going to value these and take them home to Claire very carefully. I put them in my pocket right now. The Spirit brings diversity to the church by uniting diverse people and then giving them gifts that otherwise would cause them to be separated, but instead are designed to bring us together in a beautiful way. In every single part, even the unmentionable parts are brought to the top. So do not discount yourself. Do not discount what God's given you, even if you think it's just the smallest thing. There's diversity in the church that the Spirit brings together and holds together. Okay, let's talk about the church having efficacy in people. The efficacy of the church is in people. So read with me 1 Corinthians 12, 24b through 26. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, there it is, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers... All suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Let me summarize this. We become active as a church, only effective as a church, only in active unity. Unity isn't something that's, that's static, that just sits there, that we just know about. Unity is an active thing. There's three places or three ways that Paul emphasizes that when he writes this. He says, we're going to show equal care to one another, whomever and whatever that gift is. We're going to have the same care, this translation says. We're going to have equal care for one another. And when one suffers, we're all going to suffer. We're going to suffer together. And when we succeed, when we rejoice, we're going to rejoice together. And simply put, these are this is what we summarize in the words of our DNA statement at OB Joyful Church. We go together. We have equal care for one another. We suffer together and we succeed together. So I have uh, three application points, which I mentioned yesterday in the uh, living room session that we sent out. How are you fighting for unity in your church? Not just acknowledging that unity is important, but fully fighting for it. 
Are you connecting with people, speaking the peace of God into people's lives right now? You know, as, as Tyler mentioned earlier, our mission right now is to engage ourselves and our community in fully experiencing the peace of God. Are you engaged right now in fighting for unity within your church by bringing that out? So if Obi Joyful is your home church, are you fighting for unity in this church? Is that a high priority for you? If your church is, an, is another place and you're wherever you are, are you fighting for unity in your church, even at the, this digital distance that we're experiencing? And secondly, what are your gifts? How has God wired you in order to contribute to the church? You have a gift. If you're a believer, you have a gift. Sit down this week and pray and journal and think about that and talk to the Lord. If you already know what it is, think about how are you engaging it. I put some links in the sermon fun page where you can see uh, a little, uh, you'll see their links to a spiritual gifts inventory. You can quickly take that and find out how it is that God may have wired you to serve. And, and really, that's the third thing of application. I, I would say, how are you using the gift that you have to engage the church actively to bring unity in the body of Christ? How are you using your gift now to bring unity in the body of Christ? The church has its efficacy through its people. The body of Christ He himself is gone. The new body of Christ, which is just as real, is us and is what is alive in the world today. So let me wrap up with this. I want to read to you a verse from the beginning of 1 Corinthians. It's one we had a message about several weeks ago. It's chapter 1 and verse 10. And here it is. I appeal to you, family, brothers, sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and in the same judgment. So in this time, where we're separated from anywhere from six feet to thousands of miles, I want to encourage you, O be joyful body, to actively pursue and experience unity in the body of Christ. Will you pray with me as we close? God, I do just bring that before you. Uh, I'm amazed that you would choose to use broken vessels like us, but it is your hands. You're forming us from clay into what you would have us be. And God, let us uh, support and actively encourage the unity of the body of Christ in troubling times. God, let us understand what the Spirit has given us in terms of gifts and use those for your kingdom, for your glory, and to bring unity. So God, uh, We look forward to how you will make yourself known in this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you next week.